0: Welcome back to the Basketball Coaches Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host Ben Newman. Today we sit down with three of the top coaches in the New York City Public School Athletic League: El Green from B.Cam, Mark Skelton from Fannie Lou Hamer, and Chris Ballerini from Dewitt
1: Clinton. But yeah, man, it's good to see everyone. Right. Not going to see you guys uh, on the on the sidelines this year. It was what, like, a, what a great
0: year to take a sabbatical
1: yeah it?
2: it's not a sadat it's a sabbatical now right i'm just a full-time dad at this
3: point
0: oh wow oh that was yeah. a bad
3: oh dad. so you're not teaching at all
2: no no I'm, I'm relieved of all academic duties as i like to tell people so
3: nice
1: if you look back do you wish it was a different year than now no i i i don't want to be doing this i don't want to be doing remote yeah yeah i got
0: you because right now on this on this Zoom, I have, in my opinion, three of the best coaches in the PSAL. Mark, you've you've built your dynasty over over at Fannie Lou Hamer.
2: Is it you, over? Is that what you're suggesting?
0: Well, you're <laughs> on sabbatical. You're not coaching the Warriors.
3: The Warriors. <laughs> ouch! Ouch! <laughs> no one's coaching.
0: <laughs> no, no one's coaching. Sure, sure. sure. I mean, L, you've built an empire at b you know, and, and Chris, you are changing things around over at Dewitt Clinton, and you know, and before that, when you were at American Studies, Chris, he, you
3: are you're, you are a hell of a coach and in American Studies. I was—that's when I really was like, I need to understand what this guy's doing because you were doing amazing things.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I, I would say, guys, New York City basketball is is past the crossroads, right? It's kind of moved. It's kind of moved on where you you have these programs, but. The game has gone so heavy towards AAU and that part of the recruiting cycle, Mm -hmm. all right, that you're getting into the spring and the summer. um, When I start seeing our Savior Lutheran having a national schedule, like when I first took over, I didn't take over Clinton that long ago. We used to scrimmage OSL. They had Precious Achua and stuff like that. They were good, but they weren't astronomically good like they are now. I just remember having like, wow, they're, they're playing in Minnesota, right? They were just playing a regular, like their schedule last year was they were in Minnesota for a regular Thanksgiving tournament and they were coming home and then they were going to Florida, like a week, a week after. And I was like, this is, this is different. Right. And I equate OSL and the Catholics, the Catholics are struggling big time right now, right? It's just they're being picked apart by all these prep schools. Um, they everyone's promising and it goes into the sneaker culture in the beginning of it and now it's culminated into where we stand today right and i think where we stand today is like coaches have to be really principled and are teaching student athletes just life lessons and and going back to the basics right um that, that's where i stand with my program i don't know if you guys agree it's just like hey this is where we are this is who we are if you're in front of me and you make this team, uh, number one, it's an honor to represent DeWitt Clinton. And number two, we're, we're going to represent this, this institution the best way we can, right? And then at the end, if, if you could be afforded a scholarship, that's, that's amazing, that's what we're looking. But um, a lot of my players, I think you guys are, are not at the scholarship level. So it's like, how are we gonna get these kids to, to college? What schools are gonna accept them? And not to play basketball, you know, just, you know, we have a kid that loves art, right? And I'm trying to get him into SUNY Purchase right now. I think that's, that's the role that we have to, to take, right? As mentors and, and teachers and coaches. I mean, how many guys are, you know, Division One players in New York City this year? In all leagues? I gotta tell you, Mark, I might have in the Bronx, I have one kid, Jordan Cintron, who's at Niagara, Right? He might be one of the only ones besides maybe wings in the public, right? And th- this was a kid that was 6'2 when I first had him and then all of a sudden he turned to 6'7. Did he really? I didn't he know did. that. It's just like he's 6'7 now, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, I guess it's a lot of fortune, a lot of luck. It's almost like an ob topping,
3: mm-hmm. right?
1: Where you're 6'5 and all of a sudden the next day you're 6'9 and you're jumping through the roof. Mm-hmm. You, can ha- you have to be really fortunate and gifted in terms of your ability and, and size, right? A lot of it comes down to size. The size. We hate to say it. Or you just gotta be, you know, a whiz.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think is you know, maybe you guys would disagree. I think it's it's fair to say that for us it's about you know, teaching the kids basketball, getting the kids to college. We wanna see the kid succeed as a person. You guys do more coaching because you have less talent, right? It's like so. Can you ever compete with the A? Mark, I know you're. You're like you're not quitting until you win the borough championships. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Unless unless you're not coming back from the sabbatical. (laughs) I have to go back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but but you you said that. Numerous times to me, like your ultimate goal is to win the borough, the Bronx Borough Championship. As a as a B school, as a B school, yeah, right, yeah. right, because you'll never move up.
3: Right, right. Let's go, let's go there.
0: <laughs> how are you? That you know how? How are you beating? You know the the double A school, the super school.
2: I've been in the boroughs six times and faced wings almost each time, and they they send us packing like. Billy's a great coach. Yes. <laughs> he is. Yes. I don't care. He's a great coach. He gets those guys to play hard and they turn it on. Um, you know, I've been up at half and then the second half, um, they've eaten us up. So, um, you know, I think Ryan over at uh, Eagle is a great coach. They, they run mm-hmm. good sets. They get their guys motivated um, and they're focused.
0: So so it's not that they have more talent. it's that they have their their
2: you know, you know what it is? It's really about three or four inches, right? Because you know was, this year they had a small forward who was as big as my center, right And so but his arms were like four or five inches longer than my guy's arms. And I'm telling you when you watch the game, they get the tip, right They get the loose ball. Um, is that hostile? Is that desire? Yes. But it's also a little bit of length,
1: you know, um,
2: all that goes into it.
1: That's funny you bring that up, because when I, I played at Binghamton and when I went to Binghamton, it was Division three. Right. And then halfway through, we moved up to D2 and then we were moving up to D1 a year after I left. It was a quick transition. Mm-hmm. But I speak to Mark's point. What was the difference between these teams? Right. So if you're playing D3, it was all length. Um, very similar in, in players, the guards were, were better at the D1 level, the low D1 level, but D3 and D2, it was just the guys a little bit taller, right? Three, four inches taller. Instead of having a six, five big man in D3, now you have a six, eight big kid. Right. And that you might say, Oh, is it, but it's across the board, right? It's the guy coming in the six, seventh man coming in is now six, eight backing him up with the scholarship. So I do believe with Mark, when you play the wings and, and they are, they're fantastic coaches. I give Billy all the respect in the world. And
3: Ryan, mm-hmm. these guys
1: are really dedicated, good coaches. Um, their talent level's deeper, right? You, you could just tell. Mm-hmm. It's a deeper talent level, taller kid. And when it goes across the board, it's, it's really difficult for 32 minutes to compete. You could stay there for a while, um, but at a certain point when they start revving it up, I go back to the Bronx where when, Jesse Govon, I think Mark was there. We were yeah. kind of hanging around for a quarter and a half, and we lost by 40. It was like right. th- when they turned it up, it's tough to, to stay with it for, for the length of the game.
0: Right. Do you think, like when you say you, you, you were there with the quarter, Mark, you were up for, you know, a half or, you know, do you think it's because their approach to your game when they get there?
2: I mean, the game plan against wings is, you know, you know, you know we know what they're going to run. We think we do. Um, you know, you need to take care of the ball, but um, at some point there's uh, you, you can see it happening. The wheels will start coming off the bus. Um, you know, <clears throat> and for us, we play with leads all season long. So when we, when a team goes on a you know six to ten nothing run for us, you know we take it on the chin and we bounce back. Um, I feel like with you know with those those games those borough games, um, what happens is it's a twelve nothing run and and it's it very difficult to come back from that, especially in the second half.
1: Yeah, and they're spurts, right? It, it's it doesn't you don't have to let your guard down for too long, and it's boom, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a couple steals, a couple kid made a couple threes. And then you're looking up and you're like, shit, you're calling all your timeouts, right? Trying, yeah. trying to get out of it. But it's, it's it could be relentless, right? It could be relentless.
2: And that's I mean, that's why you know every team in New York City presses, right? Because of the size of the gyms and just the ability just to knock teams up.
1: Yeah.
0: So I you know, one one of the things that I struggled with when 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 I was in in Manhattan, you know, it's just the flip side of that. Um, you know. Getting my team to play any kind of fashion, you know, against the the team that, you know, you know you're blowing out. Mm-hmm. You know, like those were the worst games, because it, it's just like everything you practice goes out the window, because you can have the worst fundament fundamentals, and you're still, you know. How do you guys approach that?
3: Well, uh,
2: your kids are having fun in those games, though, right? Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> but you're not.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, are you?
2: You know, maybe, you know, because it is flowing, right? It, something's working. Like, you know, all the work you've put in allows you to do what you're doing. Um, and the inverse is true, whatever – that team hasn't done or hasn't practiced or, you know, done to, I mean, sure there's kids in that building who can play, but the coach hasn't made a space for them to be successful in the the classroom or on the court. So that's not your fault. And um, so for us, I think, you know, those blowouts are, if you prep your team to listen, we're going to win by 60 tonight, what are we going to do? Right. How are we going to get better?
3: I like those games, honestly, because I'm going to tell you why, because there's so many games when you are at a different caliber that like everybody gets up to to play you at a certain point when you reach a certain plateau. Right. So those are games when I know that. And, and, and I know you, we say, we know, but we've seen craziness happen before. Right. I think Mark, it was a, a underdog and you guys like blew them out after, but it was really close. And you were like, I can't believe you won that damn game. I forget which maybe a few years back. We'll talk. The, I, I'm trying to think about it. We won? Or? Yeah, at home. I forget who y'all played, and you were like, if we weren't at home, I don't know. We did, We couldn't. Because it's the fact that sometimes, because it's that game, like Ben say, the kids are not up to play. Or they're up to play, or they want to try their fancy stuff or do whatever they, you
2: well, know. I, I don't want to cut you off, but, you know, my first year of coaching, I, I, I played against this team. Um, and we're up by 20 at halftime. And I thought we were just going to cruise. And they came back, and the kid hit a half-court shot to win it.
0: Was right. this in the playoffs?
2: Yeah, no, this is a regular season, and wow. this is my first year coaching. So, yeah, so um, – and I learned a lesson from Chris, right, because he got his job. <laughs> no, it's a great lesson. I love that game because, for me, it it, it listen, a 20-point lead is not safe at halftime. We're by 20, and every – basketball game i played in my whole life watched been a part of a 20-point lead was safe and here i am coaching in the middle of january and you know we had won a couple games where you know it was a brand new program i had guys you know playing a certain way and i loved it and then the shoe fell off and uh and of course when you lose at home on a buzzer beater you know fingers are pointing and what the hell happened it's like yeah you don't take your foot off the gas in this in the city
3: <laughs> no and I, and I think that that goes back to um two parts um mm-hmm. that with those kind of games when you prep the kids I always prep them like um we're, we're going different our starters are different everything is different to just you're going to play for this you're going to play this quarter I'm, I'm really thinking about that uh, year we won a championship and when I had those those guys and mm-hmm you know we were going you're playing a quarter you're playing a quarter you're we have four different quarters and you had to play hard and, and you put it on them if we don't come out on this game it's because you guys didn't work together and then um as a coach of course you're like this because the game might be a little closer but then when those kids at the end of the bench get to score and play and the crowd especially if you're at home you could possibly do it a little different than on the road I think that the crowd um, cheering on those kids that really don't get minutes. I like those games for that because those, the games where those kids set career highs or they, that might be the only two games they get in the whole damn season, unfortunately. In life. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I like those games in that sense.
1: <clears> okay. Yeah. I'll just piggyback off. Of that That's exactly why you do it. Right. I enjoy those games for those guys at the end of the bench. And when the, when the guys who should be taking care of business are not, That's when I start getting on those dudes, right? Like, they should be playing for those guys at the end of the bench. If you have an opportunity to knock a team out in the first quarter or second quarter, and I kind of know that we should be knocking them out and they're not doing it, like, I'll always bring up that argument. Like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this just for yourself. It's this kid at the end of the bench that deserves a chance to get in the game, right? And you're talking about life, Right and I love Clinton home games, right? There's nothing like a Clinton home game when things are getting excited. Like those th- those kids are great. On the, on the, you know, the kids in the crowd, they want to see the kids at the end of the bench. So sometimes I, I love getting on the case of the guys who are always in the game, like take care of business, right? Take it a play at a time, but don't go out there thinking that you're going to be hot dogging through the whole game, man. Take care of business, do what you got to do, and then give an opportunity for these kids who go in there every day to practice or on time, working hard, they deserve that chance.
0: So your approach to those games are the same though. You have your same five starters,
1: right? I'm with Mark, man. I don't take anything for granted, right? You was saying you're up 20. Like I really don't take anything for granted. Um, these well, he games, said he
0: was up 20 on you and you came back and went, yeah. I say, I say that was you. I mean, you recall our playoff game. Mm um you know i i think i think i won by 20 and i said to you i you know at the end of the game i was like i'm sorry i didn't realize the score but i wasn't giving an inch because i knew it was you
1: you shouldn't have. like that game that's the last game i ever coached at american studies that game you guys were up big at half and i think we got it down to i don't know what was what did we get it down to
0: i i you you got it down to uh, you know a few possessions
1: yeah, we got it down to where in, it was a crazy type of atmosphere. That's the thing. The city game is different, right? And it's very hard to explain that to people outside of it. I've even had, you know, teachers at Clinton, you know, like I have a, a young woman who played at Davidson. And she's come to me. She goes, man, the game is so wild. Like, what is it? And I'm like, <laughs> like it's impossible to explain because she knows the game, right? She's, she knows it inside and out. She was a Div- division one player at Davidson. And I'm like, yes, but I don't know how to explain. When you're in this tight facility and you got mostly, I would say, grown men, right? They're, they're young grown men playing this game and there's no space to be had. The game is going to get frantic. Right, Like I don't know about you, and I'm sure all of you guys have done it, but you ever gone out and played up in Westchester County and you're on these big courts yeah, The game I have. The energy does not it, it doesn't match, right I had like one of my mentors was a, a guy uh, Kevin Downs who was my assistant coach at Mayac. He went up to Yorktown. He, he was a great coach coach at Mayac and he, we brought him down. we played Yorktown and he was just like this. The, the energy was so intense and he was sitting across from me and he's like, wow, this is crazy, man. Like the energy, you could feel it. And I think that, of course that, you know, it goes right to the kids, the kids start playing and it's, it's a part of your role is to somehow to get your your athletes to kind of calm down. Everything else could be madness, but you can't be in madness. You've got to really keep your composure, calm and, and get through this because it is impossible to explain to anyone who's not been in it for a couple of years to explain what what we're dealing
0: you want to let's talk about keeping our composure on the sideline
3: <laughs> with this um, group <laughs>
0: um,
2: but you can't i, I think chris that's chris, it's, that's the best explanation i heard because when i you know the a big gym energy disperses nothing you know it's not a physics lessons right but it is within a small gym you know the the kinetic energy it it just gets Mm -hmm. absorbed and it's and again it just bounces off and exactly when you think about how many times you see you know the nba would call them you know shacked and a fool but we have those moments like two three times a game where the ball just goes you know everywhere (laughs) right we all have it i mean yeah, sure, we're successful. We still average over 25 turnovers a game. I've never had a team who could take care of the ball ever. Never. And and, and the and the good thing is, is like, yeah, we may
1: have 25 turnovers. The other team had 35. <laughs> That's the story. Is right? it their fault that they have that many? Or is it the gym that is the primary culprit of all these turnovers? Well, it's, it's- my fault, right? <laughs> You know, so
2: they, it's they, our fault. Yeah, if they make a mistake. I'm gonna scream at them. But like, so, no, I don't know. I feel, I, I yeah. Would we be different coaches? Uh, you know, several. I don't think we'd be successful. Sorry.
3: I don't think we would be as successful. Quite honestly.
2: Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I can. I, I admit that.
0: I I disagree. You're you're talking about in section okay. one? Two, okay. three. I mean, I, I was just in section one. Mm-hmm. I can tell you with hands. Then down. you're
3: a little calmer than than uh, Mark and I. You're a little calmer.
0: Well, now I am. Now I am. You were I, up there. No, no, no. Uh, he's, he's got two kids. Got, <laughs> you do too. <laughs> Chris has three. <laughs> no, um, my, before before we had kids, before I had kids, you know, my wife would come to the games. And she was one one game.
3: Tell that story. Tell that story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you gotta tell it. Well, she came to one one game. You know the JP and Kennedy Center, where you have to walk across the court to get to the you know
3: one thirty
0: two. Yeah, all oh,
3: yep.
0: And and so she she came to came to that game, and she's sitting down, and and game game's close, but she's sitting next to a dad, and you know not many people in the stands, and dad's like, oh who are you here, you know, to see, like, you know, assuming like one of the kids was hers or, you know, sibling. She's like, oh, you know, Ben's my husband. And like right at that moment, I like threw the clipboard or something like that. And she's like, I just sank. And basically she, we came home and she's like, you embarrassed me. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> but but more more so she she was getting at like what good was it like what was the purpose you know but you got to take that one to heart when you're when, when your wife your spouse says you embarrass me like right after she says you know like i'm here to you know I'm here to support my husband and then here I am throwing a clipboard
2: uh, did
1: you win
0: yes of course
3: oh of course Yes, of but, course.
1: But I'll go into that point. Like, it's the same thing. It's the energy in the gyms cause a lot of- Yes. Like it, 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 it again, I like the word that Mark used, it's kinetic, right? You feel mm-hmm. it and somehow you have to be the most composed person out there, but I'll, I'll freely admit I'm not at times, right? And, and that is something that you really have to learn, right? I, I remember early on, I was too much obsessed with the referees I've really turned the corner on that, I would say, the last five years with the refs. Right? The refs are going to be the refs. Um, now I'm trying to make another pivot now with the kids, too. Like, just trying to be less um, critical during a game. I don't think it, it provides much. Um, I don't think it helps, them to be honest with you. So it, it's like, you, but there's a fine line, right? Right? Where, where are you? I've always said, like my kind of approach, we rarely lose to a team that we should beat, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it because I'm on edge and the kids will kind of be on edge. But when it gets to that next level, like we gotta we gotta show a little bit more composure against the up, upper level tier, right? And I think mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm on edge, they're on edge, of course, and and that's when the upper tier teams will, will get you, right? Um, And I don't know. I think you guys are with that too. Like, have you ever been calm? Like for whatever reason, we went to go play Long Island City this year. And I was just in a certain day where I was very calm, right? I went out there. I said, hey, win, lose. Let's let's have a great time. Let's go get it. During the entire game, I was mellow, man. Like, Not like my usual self, right? I was very like, and then it was the other coach who got the technical foul. It was the other coach who kind of – his team crumbled at the end. And I sat there and I said, man, if, if I can somehow bottle this, I would love to. But I don't know if that's my personality. I really don't. Well, I mean,
3: I think I – oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I, it, it backfired on me when we played against Mark because um, I'm usually going crazy and ready. That, that last championship game we had, um, I was calm. I'm like – I you, yeah, they beat us by 31. What the hell? You can't lose any worse. Like we studied, we practiced. There's some things that they run that we've run. It's, you know, you know what's going to happen. You know that, you, you know everything that's going to happen. Like Mark said, with wings. And I was calm and I went in the locker room and I was like, who is this team? They weren't, they weren't hype. They weren't, you know, and then I'm like, all right, guys, you got to, you know, we started doing stuff and, and trying to get like hype, hype. And then we got it, and then we walked out the locker room, and Mark's team is doing their chant. Are you ready? Or whatever, you know, their chant they have. ready? Are you, you I? Yeah, are you ready? Right, so they're doing the chant, and we're doing our chant. But it's so – that team was um, – you know, besides Marcus and Allen, everybody else was young. They didn't – they never were there before. So, like, I saw their face, and they were like – so I looked at my assistant coaches. I said, oh, this is going to either be a blowout or a close game, and we're going to lose it at the end. They just weren't hyped. So after the game, you know, I told them, I said, what happened? That The first thing I said, I said, you know, you always, people say, what happened? How did you lose? So I asked them, I said, what happened? They were like, I don't know. You were really calm, and usually you're at us, and you're not there. I was like, well, I didn't want to make you guys nervous, because the first time we played, Mark, I was hyping the championship game And Chris and them were really nervous. So this year, I'm like, I'm going to go the opposite way to just keep them calm, but it it backfired. They didn't have that energy, and then they tried to put it on in the third, I think, quarter, but it was too late. You know what I mean? Because like he said, if you're hitting a run, we're making a run. I think you were on a 23-4 to run or something. You will remember. I know your brain is like mine.
0: And then they like,
3: yeah. And then they came back, and it was like too late, and I'm like, so I don't know, I mean, do you change who you are? Cause maybe that'll affect your, your thinking as a coach, right? Cause the thing that separates coaches how quick they can think and they can make changes. And I think a lot of coaches in PSAO are not good coaches because they can't see the game ahead and they don't make changes. They'll stay in the same freaking situation the whole time. It doesn't matter what's happening to them. That's like me sitting in the pin down uh, as a, a freaking man and Mark is running pin down after pin down after pin down. I got to get the hell out right so i don't know
2: yeah i i think for me the energy on the floor i've never had a player who resembles me like i i wanted i wanted to win before tip-off right the whole game um the day before the game you know i knew who we were playing and I knew everything and know I've had very, a handful of players who are like that, who know everything about our opponent. Um, so I've, as a coach, I've taken the duty to just know what everybody in our league and, you know, class B throughout the state is doing. And, and I'll share that with my team. Um, and so because there's so much work before each game, um, the expectations that they play like their feet are on fire um, is is I think it's a fair compromise, and so I demand that they play hard and and then when they don't, that's when you'll see me get upset, but it's also you know um, <clears throat> yeah, so I think the the expectations are very high, and when they're not met, um, you know uh i can't watch i'll be honest with you guys. i can't watch warm-ups my team warm up because i watch their footwork and i'll just i'll i'll, I'll lose my mind so <laughs> i was like i've been over this i've taught this kid five times to pivot off you know this way and he's not even stepping into the ball um yeah and so those little things just drive me crazy but um there there are at certain moments during big games you have to be sitting down and let the game happen um but the to change things up before a game, I think there are the times where he's like, yeah, um, I'm gonna be chill tonight and um, <clears throat> like um, at some point this season it was just a strange season for me, um, I just benched the seniors. They didn't even tell them I just didn't you know because they were, they were like a, it was a non-commutative group. so I was like, well, if they're not going to talk then I'm not talking, and I just didn't play them. And at some point in the fourth quarter, the three of them came up to me. He's like, uh, Coach, are we going to play tonight? <laughs> I was like, waiting for you guys to ask. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think there's, there's games to play, but there's also like, uh, you know, I, I like basketball a certain way, and I like my basketball players a certain way.
0: When you have those – what I found was when I have those games where it's like I need to just – be more relaxed you know i always felt like well if i'm relaxed my teams will be looser you know chris but i feel like my teams then get you know like slow and sluggish so you have to have that you know for me it's like i i feel like you know and i've said this to the teams like i can't be the one that's bringing you know the energy if i'm the one that has the most energy then there's a problem. You know,
1: no, because I go back like that Long Island City game, that was a playoff game. The kids were ready, right? You could feel that they were ready, right? I, you're talking about joking about warm ups. Like, I looked at the warm ups on that day, we were ready to roll, and I was calm, right? (laughs) But there'll be a day, you know, like when you have to go over to Lehman, and it'll be like this year with Stevenson. I don't know why they they put the game on December 22nd over at Stevenson right before the break there was not a soul in the gym right because everyone got sent home you know mm-hmm. it's one of those days the day before where everyone's eating and everyone everyone was probably out of that building by noon we were playing a 4 30 game and no one was in the building and you could just sense it right like where do you pick up the energy right and those are the games where i'm kind of on most edge right mm-hmm. because i feel like i need to provide a little bit of an um- to the kids right
3: i want to go back to mark so um or all of you (laughs) not just mark but everyone because he brought it up like what is your what are the players you want like what is your team like i have an idea of a, a team that i think that i can be very successful with and sometimes we don't get those and we have to we have to try to create those players and put them in like a system like the spurs right let's say the spurs they have a system and We can't say they were successful last year but what kind of players do you want in your program besides the basic characteristics of a good player me a good person and all of that other stuff like what kind of players would make your um your system roll for you
2: well you know i love the kids who are receptive to feedback right um and that's rare for a teenager right like listen like you want to get better good we can give you a few things to get better um and then when you see that 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 player grow, um, that's the kind of want that's the kind of a uh, player I want, right? But I also want them to go out there, and you know, just you know, and it may it doesn't have to be you know twenty points. It doesn't have to be Charles Davis like throwing down, you know, poster dunks. Like you know, if in my opinion, I I think Charles could play even harder, you know, um, but what I what I really want, um at the end of the day is like, yeah, just, if you're willing to get better, cause I thought Ben was actually going to ask a lot of player development questions. <clears throat> cause we don't know season.
0: I'm getting there.
2: What do we do? Okay. Sorry. And, and so what do we do with player development? And I think for me, because it's not just during the season, it's like what happens afterwards, like, well, how, how is this, how is this guy going to get better? Um, and I'm always kind of, you know, because the, you know, the world of trainers, the world of, videos, the world of AAU, being complacent. Maybe they think they have a good shot. Um, You know, I I feel like there's really no excuse. Um, You know, I think as a kid, I remember like trying to shoot in the mirror to look at my form. I thought it was impossible because like I'm trying to look at the hoop, but if you practice your form in the mirror, you have an idea of how you shoot. There wasn't, you couldn't, there wasn't a whole lot of video. And now I feel like with the f- iPhones, you could just put your shot in slow motion and you know where the flaws are right away. Um, but it takes a certain type of teenager to say, listen, your elbow's sticking out, you're holding the ball wrong, you're holding it too long. Um, you know, you can see where, where things aren't going well for you. Um, but a very, very, very few <laughs> teenagers say, you're right, coach, I wanna fix that. And they do. Um, and so that, I think that's, you know what ideal you know player would be
0: you're so hands-off though like in the summer
3: yeah, that's you you're,
0: like you yeah. you get your kids and like they're done like like l you have your kids in the program like uh-huh. they're playing summer tournaments chris you too like you're you're at you're at team camp you know like mark after fordham team camp in june when's the next time you see those kids? In September. You know, oh, after June, after beginning of June, when's the next time you see your kids?
3: June. <laughs> June, July, <laughs> August. Right. So, hey, maybe I should let them go. But I feel like in Brooklyn, it's hard. not saying anything about the Bronx and anything else, but in Brooklyn with all of these programs, if you let your kid go, you're going to lose them. If, if they're not doing like a, a Conrad team, you know, I'm fortunate that these these tournaments, a lot of them in the summer, are team based. And if you're not on the team, a high school team, they don't put you down. I try to let them go, but I'm um, here come the handlers, right? This new word I learned, handlers and trainers. Um, this kid is coming. My handlers said I have a game here, so I can't. So I don't know. No, I keep them a lot. I do. I do. Or oh, I let Luke coach him.
0: So you keep them a lot. That's. You know, but but Chris, you, you too, right? Aren't you in the summer?
1: Yeah, we, we, we've gone to that approach. Again, I kind of like have more of my assistant coaches coaching during that period. I want to be more on the outside looking in. Um, I find it funny, like, um, I had a conversation with a coach the other day. It's like, what what are your kids doing, right? Are they, are they working? Are they participating? Are they playing? And I find like, if... Right now, with the caliber of student-athlete we have, if, if I'm not doing something with them, we don't, like, it's different from Mel. They're, there's, they're not playing. They're not being picked up by anyone. They're, they're getting cut by the whiz kids, or they're getting not making this team. And it's kind of like a weird thing where, like, wow, like, and then the kids are hungry to play. Coach, what are we going to be? What are we going to be? So yeah, we, we put them in the New Rochelle uh, Summer League. I, I loved the New Rochelle Summer League, I really did. And for the kids in the Bronx, it was easy to get up. You know, you get on at Fordham Road, you take it up to New Rochelle, um, and then you can walk over to the, to the park. I like it, right? And you're, you're seeing, and the kids get a little bit of exposure. And again, I, I want them to, to see what else is out there, right? Like this is a high level basketball team you're playing against right? Sometimes OSL might be in the league or Mount Vernon's in the league. This is who you're, you're competing against, not just the the Bronx A, right? This is what's out here. This is the talent level out here. So I think I could have more honest conversations about college and plans, because I think every one of us, we, we, we got all NBA players, right? On our team. And sometimes you need those honest conversations. So I don't mind exposing the kids, to those, to those experiences.
0: I in the two programs that that I've been in charge of, I've never been able to get kids wanting to play during the summer. It, it it's crazy, you know. So I I've I've had summer league teams, and but it would be like I get six kids from the team, and then you know three of them bring their friend along that wants to play basketball.
1: Yeah, I I would not do it if that was it, right? Like, that's the one thing that, we're at a decent school. Like we, I used to say, we used to have 5,000 kids. Now we're down to like 980 kids in Clinton. It's crazy how much it went down. Um, But you still, when you have a school close to a thousand, you still have a number of kids who wanna play, right? So if you have, say you're looking at 12 to 15 kids, Um, I never had an issue like a kid might miss a week, but the way in which I do it is like, I got 15 kids here. I'll put up the roster. Hey, these eight or nine kids are coming to today's game. Right. And then you got to tell me immediately if you can't. Right. And if you, if you come back and miss that, if you say, you say, yeah, you're going and then you don't come, I don't, you don't come back for the rest of the summer. Right. It's, that's what we kind of have. So it's like, Hey, you always have. And I like to keep it eight or nine in the summer league, right? Because those things go by so fast. You barely in the game, right? I'm not going to waste some kid to come up and take the $4 train up, right? Up from Fordham Road. And most of the time, they're just trying to dodge the conductor, too, when they're up on that train. They're trying to <laughs> play the <to> Metro <laughs> North. Beach. And I always sit there going, oh my God, right? And they come up, they, they come up to Neurochel and they play. But that's the thing. It's like they want to play. I've always had my kids like to play right? The kids over there, they love playing. They like coming in and, and competing. And I think that's what I'm a little bit worried about is we had a, a nice thing going there for a couple of years now. I'm worried now that we miss that group, right? And at Clinton, we did not have any sophomores on the, on the team last year. So we only had juniors and seniors. So we lose now this, this full thing out. Uh, the JV team was very good. Right. And and I'm very happy to see this team coming up, but I don't know them like I knew my guys, right? So like, are they gonna buy in? They have to, right? They're gonna have to buy in. But that is when you you talk about culture, Mm -hmm. there's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah, no, that that's something I've I'm trying not
2: to spend a lot of time thinking about basketball, but that is the one thing I think across the city. Is that we'll have this idea that <clears throat> we're all starting from year zero, because if whoever was a sophomore or a freshman, um, those are your main players,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and um, whatever. That's why I think development was going to be an issue. It was like, you know, obviously kids are going to grow and get stronger or not. Um, but yeah, I think the I think that next season will be we'll come across things that we didn't expect. So these like unknown unknowns, like we'll know certain things that will, will happen. Um, I think injury is going to be huge when we come back because kids haven't played a season, and, you know, and for young kids not to have a season, um, I, I think we'll be, uh, you know, in, in terms of development, um, just muscular and skeletal, I think they'll. I, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating a lot of injuries
1: would you go say now there is a Fordham team camp or there is a summer would you be more prone to to get them into that this year you know say god willing vaccine happens march april things start to get somewhat back to normal may you know things are getting close everyone's been vaccinated who wants to be vaccinated would you be more <laughs> prone to saying hey i want to get them in a the summer league this year yeah, get well, my eyes
2: well, that's interesting
1: um I would say yes, the week
2: at, at Fordham, but I think my summers are sacred. Um, in that sense, like I, I think, and I also I think they're 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 good for the kids too. I, and I yes, they should be playing. I wish there was there was something they they could do. There's a, there's a few things in the Bronx. So there's not enough, right? Um, but yeah, I, I just can't. And I also think, you know, usually by February March, they're not listening to me, anyways and that's when I start in September, but if I start in July, then i lose them by December um, <clears throat> if my math is right. So I, I think that's that's also key. Yeah.
1: yeah, this is gonna be a strange walk up to this next year, right? It is it's gonna be, no one's ever done it. I, like mm-hmm. I've told someone like DeWitt Clinton has played every year since 1897, right? And this be the first year that we don't have a a basketball team or along those lines, right? So that's crazy. Think about that for a second, right? We've had a consecutive basketball teams for 123 years or whatever, and this is the first year that we will not have a team competing. Um, There will be uh, significant consequences, and we're going to have to kind of adjust, right? And we're used to that. I think being in the city, if we're not used to adjusting to things on the fly, then I don't know who is. We're right. very good at that, right? In terms of facilities and crowds and everything, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're used to it. And we're right, the best at that, yeah, absolutely. We are. I, I don't think this, hands down, mm-hmm. there's no one better at that than, than PSAL coaches.
0: Don't you think all the kids are going to be on the same level though?
3: No. Like you said they're gonna
0: be behind.
3: No, because there's still gyms open. There's still if you're that if you're a player that can get into a gym, they're still and their play and there are places that are charging people to play. Mm-hmm. so I don't think that I don't think everybody's gonna be on the same level I don't know i
0: I just have this feeling like everyone's everybody is losing this year, or do you so think
3: mentally, what about mentally? what about sharpening yeah. your i q
2: I mean, I tell, I tell the freshmen that your sophomore year is your up and down year. And that's how you learn to deal with the good and bad of a season. You know, soft, you always see a sophomore break out and have like a 15-point, 20-point game and then not score for three, four games. And I always like feel like your sophomore year, you learn to balance your ego. And um, and now you're going to have that in the junior year, which your junior years, they're more consistent. They're, they show up. They take care of their bodies. And they can deal with ups and downs. Um, but I feel like now without a sophomore season or a junior season for some kids, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to throw like, you know, my teaching and my, my expectations a little bit different, but um, yeah, I mean, but the, the, how many kids played varsity basketball? Like that's the other thing. Like if you are just, I mean, how many teams had freshmen and
0: sophomores? You know? Well, Chris has got a whole new team.
1: Yeah, I, what I'm worried about, like what what keeps me up at night, Mark, and oh no, <laughs> sorry, keeps me up at night mm-hmm. is who is in the building at Clinton? Of mm-hmm. course, no one's in the building. Who's a freshman right now? Yeah, that's gonna get picked off, yep. right? And I never even laid eyes on the kid, right? That that keeps me up. I could have a six four kid walk like taking classes online right now, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know him. Right. And, and let me tell you, like, I was being told from a couple of middle school coaches. Coach, there's a lot of guys going to Clinton and, and I did not even know. them. There's guys coming to Clinton. I said, OK, good. We're, we're working hard here. Keep, send, keep sending them. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea who they are. And I don't know. And I don't know who's seeing them. Right. And that's why this summer scares me. Right. Like this summer, not when this summer. Hey, where are you all? Well, I met Clinton. But, you know, we didn't do anything. Yeah. And I'm not going to do anything, right? Because that's—it's definitely i am putting the the kids, you know, first, right? I'm I'm being safety first. We're not playing, all right? We're not working out, but that it could have negative ramifications on the program, and I'm willing to accept those ramifications, but I don't like it, right? That's something that does concern me. That somehow we got to figure out who can play. And I don't know who.
0: Mark, what was your approach going to be? Because you're, you're, you know, you weren't coaching this year anyway. You know, so what was your approach it, 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 next year?
2: It, no, but in the in the essence of a sabbatical, I really was not going to touch the team. I wasn't going to do anything. No, I know. So I was. I'm talking about were... the next
0: year. Like, what was your approach going to be coming back from sabbatical?
2: This not exactly. having. I don't know who's ever in the building plays. I mean, it's really year zero. It's like, I, I had to get away and I had to shut everything down. All right. So yeah, there's no, if there was a freshman coming in, good for him. If he stays, he stays. If he doesn't, I can't lose sleep over it. I, I think, um, you know, and then we'll just build up from there. So maybe I'll win a championship in 2025. But like, that's what we'll have to do.
3: Yeah.
0: Why are you laughing? Well, your, your your chart is going to drop down for for a couple of years. You know, you had a pretty good string going. You think? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know you have the dates. You know, I don't remember. 18, 17, what, what, what were, you? were you? I was going?
2: in the championship game in, in 13, 14, right? 16 was the final 14. 17, we won it. 18, we won it. 19, we lost.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, You were in 12-13, too. You won 12-13.
2: Oh, the thirteen season. Yeah, yeah. 13, we won. But 12, we lost in the first round.
1: Mm. I remember that email more
0: Mm -hmm.
1: after that game. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Was that the half-court shot?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. No, but it was more like, hey, like, like I could sense Mark, like the team Fanny Lou was it was a great program, like you could sense it, and it just it wasn't carrying over to the to the playoffs, but it was due, right? It was just due to break out, and once Mark had that kind of experience under his belt, I knew that they would consistently be there, right mm-hmm. it, was just, it was just learning that, right, Because they were such a great regular season team now it was just get to get to that next step. Right? That next that next thing. And and Mark got it. He won the next year. I kinda kinda <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen. I don't think Mark realized that after the that game in the first round in twelve, right? I think you're about ready to oh, I was ready to quit. You're ready to quit. <laughs> I, I, that's how I kind of remember it. Yeah, it's like you know, six years of doing this and and what like
2: two playoff victories. It was horrible, mm-hmm. right? Like why go the whole season. And lose on buzzer beaters in the first round. This is a horrible way to
3: live.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how I, I left like the PSAL. Yeah. <laughs> nah.
3: Yeah, I buzzer knew you were gonna win that year too, Mark. I felt no, it. I felt "Yeah, go. you were ready. Yeah, your your team was ready. Like um you were you were ready. Like you like they were ready. I think that defeat, whatever you said to them or whatever, made them realize that they belonged in some sense. And I feel like as a coach, you just knew that you had to dig deeper and find a different way or your, I think your approach changed a little too, as well.
2: It might have, but like that, that Wingate team was, you know, came out of nowhere and they had some superstars on that team. And obviously, yeah. Rutgers was, was loaded. And then obviously, you know, the quarterfinal against you is something special. So
3: yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to talk about that one. I looked at that tape the other day when James should have just took the layup and we would have beat you guys, and he pulled it back out.
2: I thank him every day for that.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was tough. And, and then the kids, when after that game, Chris and them, when you guys played Wingate, they was like, we didn't lose to Wingate Oh yeah, now they're going to go beat Wingate. I'm like, it just wasn't your time. Yeah, You could be, you know, and, and I think that was a good lesson for them. You can be as good as you want, and sometimes it's the matchup, like, I thank you for beating Rutgers that year when we played them because I don't think we could have beat them. I just think you know matchups.
0: Well, I couldn't beat them.
3: <laughs> I know they, they knocked yeah. me out that year. Yeah, it's it's just matchups sometimes that people don't realize that. Like it's the matchup and it's what kid is showing up. And like Mark said, if if your game plan is there and these kids are pumped, then you can win a championship. But you know, it, we all know it's that's what. People say it's not luck, but you have to have some luck along the way with this.
1: Yeah, but Reggie's my son, so I, I, I'm not worried about <laughs> Oh, shit. I remember being at that quarterfinal game. I think it was Shulman and Mark and myself. We were watching the Rucker versus uh, Lamb game. yeah. We are watching it, and then uh, Rucker was, you know, you guys got in foul trouble a little bit then early in the game, mm-hmm. but um, Rucker was in control most of the game, and then right towards the end, um, you guys started pressing and started hassling them. And they were giving it up. Yes. <laughs> Mark turned around and it was me and Sean were like, uh, maybe we should, you guys should press them. <laughs> and Mark was like this, I think, uh, yeah, I think we should, right? And then I, you know, that semifinal game, you guys were all over them, all right? All pressing the hassling them and it got, it got and they that had game a yeah, it That game was
3: ridiculous. That was a good game. Really good game. That was a championship game in itself, honestly. Mm. That was a
1: really good game. Yeah, that that was a fantastic game.
3: And Mark looked at me like I got him.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what what was your year? Were you the year after the year before? Fourteen.
3: After Fourteen. After we lost them in that double or triple, whatever that was, overtime. When the fake concussion.
0: Oh, that's right.
3: Chris <laughs> Chris was out, and our nurse he... called him
2: out, and then the referees called him out.
3: But the nurse said he was good. Then a ref called it. But I mean, I wouldn't take that back for anything. He, he. I don't know. I, I think that I, you know, I was in the heat of the game, so I can't tell you. But you know, like I told them, just sit down. It's over. You can you know. And they still had a chance, but, you know, went into concussion yeah, I think about time. Mm-hmm. Listen, he's a big kid, man. He's a big kid.
0: And that was that was at, that was up in the Bronx, right?
3: Yeah, that was the first time we went to Fanny Lou. Was, it was crazy.
0: That gym, jeez. That's the
3: only time we went to Fanny Lou. We never came back, huh?
2: What's wrong with my gym, Ben?
0: You have this big air duct that goes <laughs> through the. You can't shoot the ball from the left wing. Right wing. Right. <laughs> well, depending on the half, you know, you you, you can That's on
3: court advantage.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's amazing. It, the every time there, I tell the kids, you know, you're you're not shooting a three from this side, like you can't. And it's no
3: worse than Pace. Pace is the worst gym ever. uh
1: I, no, you, there's you, no
3: sidelines.
1: No, no, no. There's no, no you guys are all the, is the worst gym, <laughs> yes, in, in Bronx and okay. uh, in, in, the, in in the PSAL. Morassenia doesn't have a backcourt line. You, you get to go back to some other – I don't know. I don't even know how the refs determine.
3: Have you ever played their Summit?
1: <laughs> oh, I've seen Summit. It's similar. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. No,
0: no, no. I, I went to Richard Green. Okay. And the three-point line meets the sideline. <laughs> That's Pace. At the foul line extended. No, I don't know. When I played at Pace, they had some artificial – like artificial turf it was like artificial flooring down
3: that yes. was purple
0: you couldn't see anything
3: linoleum
0: yes yes it was like a a 1950s kitchen um but but yeah richard green like the three point line meets the meets the sideline at the foul line extended and half court goes back to the the other foul line you got to get it over half court
2: we always mm-hmm. play more senior last game of the season, and it's always like you know, if they're decent sometimes or a quarterfinal final team a bunch of years ago, they can be dangerous. So mm-hmm. I hate that, that game.
1: That was the only gym where I've tri- I've like absolutely changed my approach to basketball. Where that game is almost like you have to put a rugby line lineup out, and I used to do that with American Studies. Like mm-hmm. I would put out a rugby lineup. And it would be like, whoever's going to offensive rebound better tonight is going to win the game, right? It's just,
3: mm-hmm. it
1: was a strange thing. And again, it's to being a PSAL coach, it's adapting on the sideline. Like, I don't think Tuckahoe would ever have to face those. No. That gym, I don't think Irvington has that gym where <laughs> that tiny little thing.
2: You know, we always say, like, pretend you're in half court and you've got to yeah. check the ball. Yeah. Like don't go for a fast break because it doesn't exist. Like don't try to grab the ball for rebound and push it because there's no space. So we always just like you're gonna check it. And so just dribble it up. So
1: yeah. And the opposing coach could possibly yell at you a couple times during the game. That could also entice you to flip out because it's the kinetic energy from the crowd. And
3: then this guy
1: is yelling at you at that same moment that you're starting to now go ballistic. I had a couple moments at Morrissenia where I it was like, "Wow, yeah. I'm glad then my wife was not at that game <laughs> <laughs> I it would, it would embarrass it. I, I,
0: I do I do want to uh, I do want to bring up chris i don't I don't know if you were flipping out in, in our game the American Studies lab game, but somehow the the fans got into it, and Chris. Gets me a technical because a fan stepped on the court.
1: Oh, it's good. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you're, oh. you're misrepresented. <laughs> I'm not representing anything. You guys had to be up 20 something points at halftime, right? And so you, 15. 15. Okay. So all of halftime was just me kind of trying to get our guys to kind of compete, right? Like this is the last time that the seniors will play. So it was an emotional halftime where we were trying to get motivated, like, hey, we got to get out of here. We got to play. Um, we jumped out right off the bat, right? We, we started really competing. I would think yes. it was going crazy. Um, so we were on some crazy run. And then your guy, you had a great team that year. Some, some I think the kid that went to Hunter, he hits a three-point shot, right? Mm-hmm. Your fence <laughs> ran out to the half court. I'm talking about the circle. Right. They ran out to the circle and were going crazy. Right. They were that hyped up. But as I saw them running out as far as they did, I kind of met them out there. Right. Because I was like this. I wanted to bring as much attention to look at this. You can't be at the half court circle. So they had two fans and a coach, the opposing coach out in the middle of the circle. And I was like this. And then they said, what what are we going to do? And I said, they said, number one, then Ben said, you have to give a technical to the coach as well. And I said, no, no, you cannot because I'm protecting my players. I have no idea who these two kids are who are on this court with these players playing. And then we talked them into getting a technical for the fans jumping on, on the court.
0: You do recall that your fans came down with those like uh, the FIFA World Cup horns?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those really good American studies kids. They knew what to do. Fans on you know, the court, right? That's a problem. I Mark and I had a but game. But was this game, any is right? this
0: any different than, you know, an intense game in the Bronx?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it was how far they went. Mm. Right? If you step three feet on the court, I'm cool with it. Watch the tape. Those kids came all the way outward in like I don't even know if they ran across the full court. You can't do that during a game, right? It um, starts brawls.
3: It starts brawls. Yeah. B mega. Right. Look at that oh. brawl we had. Yeah. That's what happened.
1: I, like I, if it was just. Yeah, I have ahead. nightmares with like Mark. Mark was going to win the game. I think we got we hit a three to to make it to a one point game, at Clinton it was Fannie Lou versus Clinton. We. And then the kids were going crazy, right? And they went on the court a few feet. The ref teched us up. I'm not I'm not against that, right? I really am. It's like that happened to my team. That's us. That, That is a, I was furious at the security. I had how many security at that came and no one, no one doing their job, right? No one there. Um, that is a part of it. Like I, I kind of always, even now at Clinton, I, like in big games, I'll walk across and be like, hey, I'll talk to the fans before the game. And, and it's different, right? Because I'm, I'm a teacher at Clinton, but we got three different schools in the building, right? So I'm talking to kids. Some kids, I don't know who they are, right? They're at Worldview, they're from Bronx Collaborative. Hey, do not come on this court, right? You, you, have, no, you have no right to come on this court. So I feel like if, if, they, do, if they do that and we got tech, that's on me. That's on me. That's on the program. That's on the building staff. We got to keep the, the, the court safe. And at Clinton, you got to do that, right? That, that's part of the job description.
3: Mm-hmm. I think it's the assistant coaches too. I know like when we had that bro, a I me mean at uh, MAGA, um, I think it was poor planning on a PSAL. Um, this is when they were trying to get games in and it was forfeits and everything else. And we just had beat Mega at Dewey by some 25 to 30 points and we played them the next Tuesday. We might've played on a Saturday played on a Tuesday. And it was a good game going back and forth. Um, I still, and he can hit his, I blame Irv because Irv didn't come to the game, something happened. So he, their head coach wasn't there. And sometimes kids, you know, they have respect for their assistants but it's, it's a different game sometimes. And uh, we started to put, you know, try to put, pull away and one senior just was like, no, I'm not having you guys pull away. So he wants up. He goes up to Spencer, and he, like, mushes Spencer in the head. Spencer mushes him back. And as I try to jump and break in to the fight to, like, push him away, the fans just jumped on. Their cheerleaders came on the court. Then our fans came on the court. And then I was on News 12 like this. It was the worst thing ever, and it was uh, it was the worst thing ever. And I'm, like, pushing kids, and I'm, like, cursing and trying to get them out, and I'm looking at some school safeties are reacting and some, and I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, get this out. And then the worst part was uh, the guy was doing a piece on me. So I was mic'd up, and then the news Twelve was doing a feature that was supposed to go the next two weeks about us possibly getting back to the championship. We had a really good team. And uh, being a female coach and all this other stuff in a man's world, so the whole time this is happening, I'm mic'd up. So I'm like, I threw the, the 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 mic out my pocket. I'm like, he's like, I'm like, stop filming. But of course, you know, he's going, and it was like, you think this is something? Look what happened in bedside today. I'm like, oh my god, it was it was the most embarrassing moment. It, like I tore those kids up when we got back in that locker room. I was so embarrassed because it was like. I get it, but sometimes you have to walk away and they just didn't and it was embarrassing.
0: That was a tough year for you.
3: <laughs> yeah, because I <laughs> felt like we had a lot. And I think it goes back to Mark, like PSAL, they called and they're like, they didn't say anything. You know why they said something? Because we were supposed to play uh, the next day and Bits called me and she's like, Ella, are we still playing? And I'm like, I don't know. Why not? It was like, yeah, PSAL told us. I said, they didn't even call me yet. Like, I hadn't spoken to anybody about the situation. And then, like, an hour before the game, I think Danny or someone calls me, and they're like, you guys are, you know, right now, you until we watch anything, you can't play in anything, and your season might be over.
0: Guys, thanks so much for, yeah, for being on.
1: All right. Good night. Yeah, guys, enjoy the evening. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving.
0: Thank you for listening to the Basketball Coaches Roundtable podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at BCRPodcast11.